It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hour number two, terrific football Tuesday. Nick and Ken here with you on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. Watch stadium.com, YouTube TV, Roku, Amazon, Fubo. Samsung TV Plus, Tubi, and more. Thank you very much for joining us here on Stadium. And we got a banger of a couple hours coming uh, your way. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports is going to join us in just a moment. Love having Pete Prisco on the show, breaking down week number eight in the National Football League. 20 minutes from now, we'll get back to our handicap of week eight of the NFL. We'll talk Ravens and Cardinals from Arizona, the Niners and the Bengals from the Bay Area, and then Sunday Night Football from L.A. with the Chargers and the Bears, Monday Night Football from Detroit with the Lions and the Raiders. Former NBA general manager and NBA TV analyst Ryan McDonough joins us one hour from now as NBA opening night tonight with the Lakers and the Nuggets, the Suns and the Warriors. And an hour and 20 minutes from right now, Ken, myself, and Tyler Morales will fill out our NBA predictions for this year and put them in the old bucket of bets as the bucket makes its stadium, its television debut. So we're looking forward to that. And if you want to check out the final hour of the show, the Power Hour, which I would highly recommend every day, but especially today, all our bets for a frozen frenzy in the National Hockey League. All 32 teams are playing. We'll talk all 16 games. Side total and props for the two games tonight as the NBA season gets underway. And we will tell you the games that we've already bet for Week 8 in the NFL. But joining us right now to kick off the festivities, the fun and frivolity here on this Tuesday on Stadium is our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. You follow Pete on Twitter at PriscoCBS. You watch him on CBS Sports HQ and you read him on CBSSports.com and he's the absolute best. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week eight in the NFL, my friend. Yeah, well, it can't be any worse than week seven, right? With our picks and your, probably your bets and everything else. Oh, what a bad week. <laughs> Well, bad week and, you know, a lot of backup quarterbacks, low scoring games. You, know, you never want, like as an NFL fan, even much less a better, like you don't want the story to be that like no one's scoring and like the games are not fun. Like you don't really want that to be the story. And, and speaking of quarterback news, Pete, and, and backup quarterbacks, we had some news with the Titans earlier today that was just really interesting. Would love your take on not just what they're doing, but how does it impact this game uh, against Atlanta? where the Falcons have been bet out to two and a half point road favorites. And part of the reason for that is that the Titans are telling you basically, okay, like will Levis likely to start a quarterback, but Malik Willis will also play. And we don't really know how that's necessarily going to work. How do you think it's going to work? And what do you make of that game with Atlanta two and a half on the road? Well, I think they should just play will, will Levis and get on with it. I mean, you have to find out what you have in him. I think you've already determined what you have in Malik Willis. I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers and, 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 see how long he holds the football. I think it was the last game out. Ryan Tannehill threw the ball in like 2.4 seconds and he held it over three and he's getting sacked. He's not going through his progressions. And uh, it's clear now to anybody that watches him. And if you watch the tape, you can really see it. He's not ready to play quarterback in the NFL. So go find out what you have 
in Will Levis. And I think ultimately that's what they're going to do. They're going to start him. I think they're putting a caveat out there in case he's a disaster right from the word get-go. But if he plays well and he does start, then I think this might be the guy going forward. You know, you saw the fire sale with Kevin Byard. Um, You know, there's a possibility Henry could be next and and probably somebody else down the line. So um, you may as well get on with the young quarterback and find out what you have. Yeah, and like, and we said this on the show yesterday. If the the Titans told everyone how they felt about Malik Willis when they spent a second round pick drafting Will Levis this past year, like I don't think they think Malik Willis is the future. So maybe it will be Will Levis starting the game and playing Pete the entire game. So I will create a scenario that I think we are likely to see in the betting market, and we will have a decision as betters to make when that decision is placed before us. If and when the Titans announce, and it could be like. Levis will be the question here for now, but it could be anyone not named Ryan Tannehill, right? So Will Levis is starting for the Titans. The Atlanta Falcons go out and become a three-point road favorite on the road at the Titans with Mike Vrabel and Will Levis. What would you like in that game? Like, if you had to bet that game, Atlanta minus three on the road and Will Levis in his first start, what would you do and why? Well, Nick, anybody who follows me and uh, understands where I felt about Will Levis last year is uh, I think he's going to be a big-time quarterback in the league. So I, I And Mike Vrabel is usually good in this spot. When his team looks like it's dead and done, uh, they respond. And so I, I would probably lean to the Titans getting points. Let's not forget, too, that the Falcons are playing back-to-back road games and also that the Falcons are coming off a division game, which is tough to do. So uh, add it all up, and if Levis plays – I would lean to the Titans. If Willis plays, I'd probably lean the other way. Peter, really surprising result last night, Monday Night Football. Obviously, the Niners go off as basically a touchdown favorite on the road and lose to the Vikings. Now, maybe that game was more about the Vikings and they're kind of improving and figuring things out without Jefferson. Or maybe the Niners are kind of beat up and maybe they're not like a super team like we thought they were. They're just a really good team. And we see this, Peter, a really interesting game next week and the market kind of responding to maybe a little bearishness on the Niners. They opened a six-point favorite at home against Cincinnati off their bye, obviously. That's 425 Eastern time on Sunday. And this has been bet down now to five and a half. And I, as I look at the screen right now, some of the five and a half is getting bet with Cincinnati. So the Bengals taking money, the line shrinking. What do you make of that game? Have you changed your opinion on the Niners at all here? And, and what do you like in this game, if anything? You know, look, the Niners had injuries on offense, but they don't have any on defense. And that was the most concerning thing to me uh, Monday night is they're supposed to be this vaunted pass rush with these linebackers that can fly to the football. And, and the secondary that, you know, gets isn't great, but gets covered up by that pass rush they were exposed in a big way, and it wasn't a good look for them. So that's the most concerning. You know, people will point to Purdy at the end of the game, and, yeah, he has – you know, if you look at his numbers when he has – when he's from behind, he's not been very good, so that's a concern. But the defense, that that's supposed to be your calling card, and they weren't very good. Now you get Joe Burrow coming off the bye, like you mentioned, healthier, uh, and that offense can get it cranked up. So I'd probably lean to the Bengals with the points in that game. Uh, but again, wounded animals sometimes come home and fix themselves. We saw that with the Eagles this week. So that's always a little concern there. Pete, Pete with a lot of leans thus far. We got to get like a firm pick from Pete at some point before the end of this interview on one of the games this weekend. Pete, maybe it'll be the Vikings-Packers game coming up on Sunday in Lambeau. So we talked about like the Niners part of it. I mean, I bet the Niners last night I was wrong. Like Kirk Cousins was awesome. He Addison was awesome. The defense played really well. And as a result, uh, this line has flipped where the Packers were favorites yesterday. Then Monday Night Football happens. And now, Pete, the Vikings are a small road favorite at Lambeau. Basically still pick the winner of the game. So I'll ask you, Pete, pick the winner of the game coming up on Sunday. The Packers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take the Packers. Short week. You play a good physical team. You come off that. 
and now you got to go on the road in the division, that's tough. And here's the other thing. I think you saw the second half of the Packers game a little differently than you might have seen the first half. And by that I mean I thought the play calling in the first half was awful. It was the first time Jordan Love had his full complement of weapons, and they were way too conservative. They didn't drive the ball down the field. Now they fell behind, and he had to, and he looked better. And I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. I think they have to get looser with their offense. I think they will get looser with the offense. You can't win protecting your quarterback. Let him play. Find out what he is. And I think that happens this week. I know the Vikings blitz a ton. That leaves a lot of man-to-man opportunities on the outside. Uh, they need to get Christian Watson and gang going. They haven't been – you know, a lot of those guys have been in and out of the lineup. They've been hurt. I expected big things from that offense that hadn't happened, but I would lean to the Packers in that game. Really interesting game in about 48 hours, Thursday night football. And it's funny because the spread isn't that crazy, right? Like if you, you know, August 15th, if I told you, hey, like the Bills are hosting Tampa on Thursday night football, you would have been like, well, well, what's the spread? I'd be like, ah, Bills eight and a half. You'd have been like, yeah, that's about right. And now we're in the middle of the season. That's that's still the number. But like the path we've taken to get here with Buffalo and how seriously we should take them as a good team, a contending team, a little called into question as a result of the, the loss to the Patriots, the game against the Giants, the loss to the Jags. So like, how, how do you feel about the Bills right now, about like what their trajectory is this season? And do you think they kind of, you mentioned with the Niners, wounded animals, sometimes they come home and figure things out. Do you think the Bills will do that on Thursday night against Tampa? I do. And uh, look, that team has not played well this year. And when they, but they, when they've had losses, they've come back and kind of regrouped. Uh, I think they will in this one as well. Buff, you know, the Tampa Bay offense hasn't been very good lately. And that's the one thing when you look at the Buffalo defense with all those injuries, they've struggled. Uh, so I do think that they, the Bills will come back home, get the offense cranked up, you know, get Gabe Davis. they got to get Gabe Davis involved in the deep balls. Um, they have to be a little more wide open, I think. And you've heard Ken Dorsey kind of saying, look, he's getting influenced a little bit by Sean McDermott. But Sean McDermott has to realize he doesn't have a great defense anymore. You know, there's so many injuries. Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver didn't play. Tredavious White, Milano, you add them up, and uh, that's a big problem for the defense. So I think they have to get a little uh, freer with the offense. I think they will, and I think they'll handle Tampa Bay. I, I would, I, I like Buffalo in that game. I, I like Buffalo also. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here. It is a terrific football Tuesday. We are happy to be talking week eight in the National Football League with our good friend Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PriscoCBS. Pete, we'll get back to the games coming up this weekend in a second, but Ken and I were having a conversation in the first hour of the show. We had this conversation last week also, and the question that we ask each other is, how many teams would you have to take, right, to feel good that you are picking the Super Bowl champion? Like, how many teams would you have to select, right? I think Ken's only got three teams in his bucket, right, Ken? It's the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the 49ers are the three teams that you've got yep. in, 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 in your particular bucket. I've got a couple more. Right. I've got Miami in there as well, and I've got Philly in mine. Pete, how many teams would you have to pick to feel confident that you've got the Super Bowl winner, and which teams are they? Well, you gotta, I, I think you're leaving out – I think your bucket is pretty spot on, but you're leaving out Jacksonville, who I think – I picked them before the season to be a Super Bowl participant, and I think you're leaving out the Ravens. The Ravens, you know, for all the talk about Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have the number one scoring defense in the league right now. Now, they haven't played great offenses, and they've had some quarterback situations on the opposite side that benefited them. But I think the way that offense played the other day, it's finally what we expected with Todd Monken calling the plays – and I think Jacksonville hasn't even come close to being as good as they're going to be on offense yet this season. We haven't seen it. They, they've had, you know, last week 
they started looking like that, and then it kind of fizzled out when they had the fumble punt and then the fumble by Kirk against the Saints. And then they kind of got too horizontal because they're concerned about, you know, Trevor Lawrence's knee. They've been too horizontal all year. But I think the throw into the middle of the field at the end of the game, the Kirk will get that offense going and get it cranked up. So I don't think you've seen the best of Jacksonville, and they're going to be a Super Bowl uh, contender, and I think the Ravens clearly are. Well, Pete, that kind of that begs my next question, which is about most valuable player, right? We saw Brock Purdy, you know, not not play really poorly, but lose a game. And I think kind of like the the bloom is off the rose in terms of him winning most valuable player. Patrick Mahomes has a great game against the Chargers, a great first half, at least. He's become the favorite because Tua loses. So you kind of have this pecking order now. Josh Allen loses again. So you kind of have like Mahomes and then Tua a little bit behind that. And then you've kind of got this cluster of quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody really thinks these guys are going to win. Hurts, Lamar Jackson's one of them, a player that you were just talking about. Trevor Lawrence is a little bit behind there. It's a little like, okay, Mahomes is ahead maybe. It's a little muddy behind him in terms of like who's second, can how many players can win MVP the way you were talking about Lamar Jackson there. And honestly, the way you were talking about the Jags too, with Trevor Lawrence makes me think you think those two quarterbacks still have a shot at this award. Do you, do you feel that way? Or do you think it's just Mahomes? Well, I think it's Mahomes right now, but I, I think, you know, when you look at Tua, uh, he's in the conversation. I think, you know, you mentioned uh, the guys that are in it, uh, you know, I thought Trevor Lawrence would be far more advanced in terms of his numbers this season to where to where they are. You know, he only has eight touchdown passes. You you look at Josh Allen, he has 15. And, you know, Mahomes has 15. So he'd have to pick it up. Tua has 15. He'd have to pick it up a great deal to get in that conversation. Same with Lamar. Lamar has eight, um, and he's got to get going in terms of that number as well. But I think Mahomes is the leader in large part because I think the Chiefs are the best team. And, and in large part because, you know, the 15 he has – is soon going to be, you know, getting three and four a game. That was the first game where he really looked like Mahomes in terms of the offense and, and putting up the production last week. I think that's going to get them started. The young receivers are starting to make plays. And, you know, you said all along, once those guys started to make plays, that offense would get back to being the offense. So I would say Mahomes is the favorite to be the MVP and should be the favorite to be the MVP. Pete, final question, about 30 seconds for the answer. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are coming off their bye, hosting the Houston Texans on Sunday in a battle of the first and second overall picks in the draft, a quarterback with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. For someone that watches as much film as you do, how much do you think it matters that Frank Reich handed the offensive play-calling duties to offensive coordinator in Carolina, Thomas Brown, and will that improve things enough for the Panthers to maybe win this game on Sunday at home and get their first win against Stroud and the Texans? Please give us this answer in 30 seconds if you'd be so kind. Yes, Nick, I think it's a panic move. I don't think it's going to impact the offense that much. They have problems on the offensive line. They can't block. Bryce Young has problems seeing. He sometimes sees ghosts when he's taking snaps. Uh, and they don't have a, a receiver down the field who scares you. So everything is condensed, and it makes it a real problem to move the football. So, no, I do not think it's going to impact the offense. Uh, the Texans are also coming off a bye. I think they're going to go in there and play well. D'Amico Ryans has done a fantastic job. C.J. Stroud has been amazing. He makes it look easy. I take the Texans in that game. No, oh, well, that doesn't make me feel good as someone who likes Carolina on Sunday. Pete basically poo-pooing the move to uh, – well, I also like the personnel's bad. I do think Mingo's going to be that receiver moving forward for Carolina, but we will we will find out. Pete, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much, my friend. On Twitter at PriscoCBS. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ and read his work at CBSSports.com. My friend, stay well. Good luck. Hopefully have a better week this week with the picks than last week based on what you said, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Our friend Pete Prisco joining us here on You Better, You Bet. 
Well, that threw some cold water on my Panthers bet coming up for this weekend. <laughs> by a million. <laughs> Actually, in Carolina, it's you that's got the problem. Uh, P squared, B squared, our handicap of week eight continues right after this. Jackson can't find anyone. Looking to take off and run. Bounces away. Still surveying. Still alive. Throw it in. Don't talk for the touchdown. Nelson Aguilar. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Kevin Burker with the call this past weekend on Fox. Uh, Jake does a great job. Our engineer, Jake the Snake Hassan, always asks us during the break, hey, hey, like, what do you want to come back with? I just said, like, Lamar. And then Jake had, like, 15 things to choose from because Lamar had a ridiculous game. Like, basically, you turn away, 0-0, and then, uh, oh, what's the score? Oh, a million to nothing in favor of the Ravens. How'd they score? Oh, Lamar. Just doing doing Lamar things. He was awesome. Ravens throttle the Lions 38-6, and as a result, Lamar is now the fourth choice. Or I guess the third choice behind uh, Hertz and Tua are tied for the second choice. Lamar, 7-1 to one to be NFL Most Valuable Player. Pete Prisco talked about him in the last segment. We'll give you a P-squared, B-squared NFL awards coming up on Thursday. But Lamar off his best performance of the season. The Ravens off their best performance of the season. Now travel on the road to take on the Arizona Cardinals. In week number eight, the Cardinals off a 20 to 10 loss on the road in Seattle. And we think it'll be Josh Dobbs for one more week for Arizona before Kyler Murray officially takes over again as the Cardinals starting quarterback. But that could change over the course of the next couple days. But for now, I think we can operate as if it'll be Josh Dobbs starting one final time here for Arizona um, at home against the Ravens, where Baltimore, an eight and a half point favorite in the desert. The total is 44. Ken, pen, pencil, blood or blank. Baltimore at Arizona. I don't know if there's a lot interesting going on here. Uh, the Arizona quarterback situation would be the most interesting thing, and we don't even know if that's going to be interesting yet. We, we think it's going to be Josh Dobbs, like you mentioned, so maybe nothing really happens in this market. Uh, we talked about this game last week. It was 7.5 on the lookaheads, and I, I did bet some Cardinals 7.5. We talked about it because, like, my and my point was, look, if Kyler plays, then it's not 7.5, it's less. And if he doesn't, it's in this 7.5 to 9.5 range, and you're just holding like kind of the same bet. And that's really what's happened. Half the board's 8.5, half the board's 8. So like I could really almost just buy out right now, and it's like not a big deal, and like you took your shot and whatever. Or I can hold and just say, like you know, I kind of like Arizona in the game. I don't know what I want to do yet here. Uh, maybe just want some clarity on like that for sure Josh Jobs is going to start, and then think about what I want to do. Uh, just a market that struck me as like, kind of always what this has to be if Josh Dobbs is going to start. And I don't know if that many interesting things are going on here, at least for me. I think there is something that I failed to bring up uh, at the end of our number one when we were talking about the Chiefs-Broncos game. Like, I, sure. I know that I said I think like Denver could maybe win the game, but then I kind of like backed off. And I just think it'll be a close game. I think Denver's likely to cover the spread, but the Chiefs will win the game. Uh, Kansas City is in teaser range right now. Uh, so, too, are the Baltimore Ravens. And, look, maybe you run into Kyler Murray starting the game, and maybe that, like, changes the way you feel a little bit. And maybe now is not the time to do it, to tease Baltimore, if you like the Ravens. But, I mean, like, the Chiefs-Ravens two-teamer, if it's going to be Josh Dobbs, feels pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, what about Baltimore as a teaser leg? And Ken, just to go back to it, because I didn't talk about it at the end of the first hour, what about Kansas City as a teaser leg as well coming up in Week 8? Well, it's funny, right? Because you, I think everybody's going to be like, yeah, right? Like, I mean, just, I, I get these teams to win. They're really good teams. Like, they're both... They're both playing road games favored by more than a touchdown. It just there's something about it that just like smells a little off for like a bet that I love. It's there's the other thing is and this is people are gonna think this is incredibly nuts. Uh, I would much rather tease Buffalo 
than Baltimore. And like, okay, well, why is that? Well, because I feel like I'm probably getting a, a Buffalo team on the way back up, like a team that is being rated lower than how they're normally rated. And like, I'm tease them down. And then like, you know, they're more likely to win, obviously. And whereas with the Ravens, like, I'm going to tease a team down and pay a huge tax when that team just gave us such an insanely good performance. And you can see it in terms of how they're in, like seven and a half look ahead, eight and a half now. And I, I, I'd be curious if it is Dobbs for sure, if this goes back up again, like if this starts going up because people are like, oh, not Kyler. Well, now I can bet Baltimore. Like now I can do that because they looked so good and I like them so much. Lamar's MVP odds like got halved in one game. Um, when he hadn't really done a whole lot this year. Like, okay, with all that stuff going on and them, them just giving us that amazing, good performance, again, like time to buy now. And you could be like, well, you're teasing, you're not betting them. Be like, well, you you are still buying because you're paying a huge tax for the six points. So like, you are still buying that like they're not rated as well or they're not as likely to win as the price. Seems so unlikely based off what we just saw. I think this is just like fine. Whereas I, I do think Buffalo is like more likely to win than their teaser leg. I don't know if Kansas City is more likely to win, but they also win every game, every game against Denver, every division game. Maybe they are more likely to win than a, than a teaser leg would pay out on. Like they're just such a funny team because they just win every game. But like would like Buffalo probably more just because I feel like I want to buy them at what I think is their lowest as opposed to like off a massive, huge victory. We'll talk more about this game over the course of the week. Like, we'll we by by tomorrow's show, we should have like more word as to who's going to play quarterback yeah, for Arizona. You know. We'll we'll see about Kyler's. Like, I'm sure Kyler will practice, but then I'm sure we'll get some word from Johnny. He's going to get asked, obviously. Hey, who's your quarterback going to be this week? Uh, my sense is it'll be Dobbs, and then we can have a conversation if and when that's the case later in the week, or obviously if it's Kyler, we'll talk about that too. So we'll table the discussion on the Ravens and the Cardinals until we get more information as to you know who one of the two starting quarterbacks of the game is going to be. Seems like something that's that's pretty important. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Terrific football Tuesday breaking down week eight in the NFL. Well, here's an absolute doozy for you. How about not just a rematch of Super Bowl 16, but also a rematch of Super Bowl 23 with the Niners and the Bengals. Cincinnati been waiting a long time for revenge for losing those two Super Bowls to the San Francisco 49ers. Niners and Bengals. San Francisco coming off back-to-back -back losses, obviously losing on Monday night to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals beating the Seahawks before the bye week, but like they did not look impressive in that game, and I bet the Bengals, and I won my bet, and I'm here telling you they did not deserve to win that game. But they did, and they go into the bye, ostensibly going to be the healthiest they've been all season, especially with Burrow getting uh, extra time for that calf. T. Higgins extra time for his ribs. So this should be a healthy Bengals team rolling into the Bay Area to play San Francisco. Ken at BetMGM, our show sponsor, the King of Sportsbooks. The Niners, a five and a half point home favorite against Cincy. And uh, we already know no Debo Samuel in this game. Kyle Shanahan said that prior uh, to the Vikings game that Debo would miss two games heading into the bye week. They want to get Debo fully healthy. We'll see about Trent Williams and his status, but definitely no Debo for the Niners here. San Fran 5.5, 45-year total. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Niners and Bengals. I mean, I think we just we keep applying this, uh, this philosophy just uh, to this game, too, that we've been doing today with a bunch of these games where they had these really dramatic performances, like a dramatic win by the Vikings, seven-point dog, they win the game. Um, you know, the the Ravens-Cardinals game. Ravens don't just win, they just absolutely bulldoze the line, like these really extreme performances. And you have a little bit of that with San Francisco here. Like, I mean, lost to Cleveland, nine-and-a-half dog in the game, lost to Vikings, seven-dog in the game, getting bet against here. 
how is this not San Francisco? <laughs> like, how, and it's it's not just like, well, the team is bad. Be like, well, so just bet the teams that lose. No, like they they've been bad for back to back weeks, and now like the, I think the number opened short and is getting bet against. Like, it's not just what happened with the teams; it's what's happening with the teams, and is that causing something in the market to happen? Like, this opened six and moved to Cincinnati. Like, my number in the game is between six and a half and seven, and I think like the Niners not looking good for a couple weeks here gets you a little bit. Of, again, you don't have to bet the game. I do think it gets you a little bit of a break on the price if you want to play San Francisco. Like, you can put a lot of value in the Bengals coming off a buy. It should be worth something. Burrow with a chance to rest like he looked pretty good before the buy from a mobility standpoint i i just think there's actually i don't want this to be true like i want the bengals to win i want them to be awesome you we both want that to happen but like also rationally like the niners close like three and a half against dallas and like cincinnati with their current statistical kind of performance is nowhere in the zip code of the Dallas Cowboys coming into that game. Like their league average or worse in every category, basically. So like, what are the Niners against league average or worse in every category in a home game usually? Eight and a half? I mean, like, what are they against teams like that? But now they played really badly. Yeah, Yeah, they played really badly. And I think you get a break on the price. I don't think you have to bet this game. Like, just like any game, you can just not bet it. But I do think like where the market has moved based on how the teams have played, I think your choice here is to bet San Francisco, like getting honestly like a, a San Francisco home game with a number like this. You don't see it very, only against the best of the best teams. That's the only time you ever get numbers like this. And I, I would say like, do you have a thought on the on the total of the game? And I know like you're, you're probably going to do and I don't want to speak for you here, but you had referenced yesterday, maybe like not doing as much hashtag totals work this week. Yeah, so I don't know if you've thought about it down. at all. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've looked at every total. I just the thing that's really interesting. So let's talk about something Pete brought up. The Niners have all the defensive talent in the world, right? And uh, even like Dre Greenlaw, who didn't play against the Browns, played last night. So like they really, that's like as good as it's going to get from like a starting 11 standpoint for them the entire season. Defensive line rotation was all pretty healthy. Warner's playing, Greenlaw's playing, Ward's playing, um, Hufanga's playing, like everybody played. And that there was still like, okay, like here's Madison with an explosive run out of the gate. Here's Addison. Like here's uh, Hawkinson and a bunch where like you even said in the prop king and like, this is like, you're right with what you said in that segment where you're like, Oh, you have TJ Hawkinson. Like we have Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Like actually that was advantage Hawkinson. What? It was. Like, what, what and happened? Brandon Powell and, looked amazing. Like Powell yeah. Osborne looked He good. looked really Ty good. Chandler looked good. Like the, Vi- <laughs> yeah, right. the Vikings offense was awesome last night. Like it's yeah. right. Like a lot of credit to them. And so I, I guess to Pete's point, that was a little stunning for San Francisco's defense. Very highly rated, a ton of talent, all pros everywhere. And you do that. Now, that's a really good offensive coach in a home game, like with like an extra day to prepare to. Like maybe he can cook something up. Like, is that, you know, Zach Taylor in this Bengals offense? Like, is that what they're not really not this year? So maybe that was just something that the Vikings were able to do because they're very smart. Um, just. I, so that to your question was about the total. I guess my point is just like, is the San Francisco defense like what are they after last night's game? Just a, that was a blip because O'Connell's really smart and Cousins did a bunch of stuff really well. And uh, if that's the case, then the total's probably fine. Like I, I actually, I know it's Burrow, and again, I want to be wrong about this. I really worry about like whether the Bengals can score a lot in this game. Like they're not going to be able to run the the ball. And I know the Vikings couldn't either, but like they really are not going to be able to run the ball. And Burrow's going to be running the whole game from these guys. Like I think it's really problematic. I think the number's a little short. I I like the under in the game a little bit, right? Because it's not just like also Cincinnati's defense played like really well prior to the bye against Seattle. Now Seattle like got into the red zone, but Bengals defense like. 
Yeah. Probably of the like, season because they'd had some bad games. Like they let Arizona score a little bit. Like they had Tennessee score all day. Like they have not. Bengals defense has been bad this year in a bunch of games, but they did play very well against Seattle, to your point. And a really good defensive coordinator in Staten Island's own, Lou Anarumo. And like my, mm. my, my favorite Scott Hansen word, the Bengals defense hashtag stiffened in the, in the red zone a bunch of times uh, mm. in that game against Seattle. So if you've got like Purdy struggling a little bit, and maybe he snaps out of it, he could have a big game. Like we talked about the home road splits with Brock Purdy. He's pretty good in the Bay Area. Pretty good. Uh, that m- maybe this is just like a rock fight. It's like 20 to 17 or, or, or somewhere in that range. Um, I understand why people would like Cincinnati. It's Burrow on the road. The Niners just lost a couple times. I, I, I don't feel strongly enough to do anything with the side at this point. It looks right sure. to me right now. Uh, lean towards well, to be, the under. To be fair, to, with your close game thing, just because you just ratcheted that up, like you think, oh, like could see it being a close game. To be fair, like the case for the Bengals is like, okay, it's like 17 apiece with 10 minutes left. Who do you and want at, the, at this number? Yep. Who do you want? Like, Burrow, Burrow just wins. Or you'd think he'd win. So just like, okay, okay, okay. If that's that's the case for the Bengals. Like, can they get the game to that point? I uh, I don't know. I wonder if, uh, did the Bengals strike you as like a little bit like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from last year? Like a little bit? It's a, it's a really, really like good question. Like, okay. They can't, Tampa, like, like Great ton of deep, ton of defensive talent, Good but like receiver. the performance wasn't the really ball. there. Can't yeah. run like moron head coach. Offensive and line. I know Zach Taylor. I know Taylor like went to yeah. a Super Bowl. Also, he sucks. Don't care. Yeah, it's it's and and the Niners wrecked Tampa last year when they played them, and that was a short and, line. Right? Well, that and, was like Niners three, and Purdy's like second right, and, starter. And we remember start. how we remember how Tampa season played out. Like would get credit in a bunch of these markets, and then you were like, oh no, actually not, not that. And then they would keep getting credit, keep getting credit. And then even in, as, as went so far as in their playoff game against Dallas, like got a ton of credit. Wrong, wrong, like wrong again. We love Dallas. That was like our, one of our biggest bets of the playoffs. And uh, I wonder if the same fate awaits Cincinnati, like the quarterback and the reputation drives the entire rating for the team, despite all this evidence coming in that maybe it's not that uh, starting with the Tennessee game, like the week after I bet them to do everything. And I, again, I don't want this to be true, but we have to at least consider it possible. Like it can't, maybe it can't just be like burrow five and a half. So I click the button. Like, well, that's not really working in some of these games. Uh, are you going to lay San Francisco? Maybe. It's never Cincinnati in the game. What it's would just you, like, uh, lay San Francisco so or not. What about six? Is it Cincinnati at plus six if it gets there? Oh, no, no. It's, well, we're really close to that. Uh, Cincinnati, I would need, I probably want like seven and a half to bet them in the game. Something like that. Wow. And they just, obviously, yeah, I don't, they I don't, just like, tease, I don't want them. They tease yeah, San Francisco if that were the number. This... This feels, <laughs> this this feels like I I think I think Pete hit it spot on. Like, I don't know about the wounded animal thing. Like I don't, yeah, but we're saying the same thing, which is they've played really poorly, worse than their probably baseline level of ability. And has that created an opening to bet them at a valuable number? Maybe or or maybe not. I think it's more likely the answer to that's yes. Yeah. Well, I I want to think about that tonight. And I want to, I kind of want to, well, I do my board of spreads video for BetMGM on Wednesday morning, so I need to have an answer by then. But okay. I will think about this <laughs> pick up the board tonight. With the, yeah, I give out the I Packers. Could. Yeah, but this one's but this one's really fun. Uh, on the yeah. other side, we will we'll we'll quickly do the Chargers and the Bears on Sunday night, and the Lions and the Raiders on Monday night, and then Santa will slide down the chimney, eat the milk and cookies, and he's going to tell you 
dear listener and dear viewer, how to bet the Heisman Trophy right now in college football, where for the second consecutive week, we have a new favorite atop the betting market at our show sponsor, BetMGM. J.J. McCarthy, the new favorite to win the Heisman Trophy at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. We will talk to you about the Heisman Trophy and how to bet it coming up in just a little bit here on day two of Lochmas. Santa's going to tell you, should you bet J.J. McCarthy right now to win the Heisman? What about Michael Penix or Jaden Daniels or Carson Beck? Or maybe I'll just like keep saying names or Dylan Gabriel or Sam Hartman or Audric Estime. Oh, yeah. It's a great name, by the way. Audric Estime. Audric Estime. DJ Uyunglele. Yeah. I like how everyone he's not kind of made, buzz. everyone kind of made the decision. Like, we're all just going to call him DJU and just dispense with the yeah, Uyunglele. Like we're, just good. we're all just going to dispense with it. We're yeah. just good with that. Until he, but listen, like, now that two is in the NFL, no one's got a problem saying Tunga Vailoa. Everyone hated it in uh, in college, but now everyone's got no problem with it. Uh, so Lockmas is coming up in just a little bit. Uh, former NBA general manager Ryan McDonough and analyst for NBA TV, the great Ryan McDonough. How, what a pro. He just texted me. I'm, I'm going to use all of BetMGM lines for the segment, right? And I'm just going to write him back. Yes. Well, God, he's the yeah. absolute best. Not write him, just send him a crown emoji. King of Sportsbooks and like you you drop you dropped this, Ryan. He's he's he is I love I love that McDonough's coming back on the show coming up uh twenty minutes from now to begin hour number three. So Lochmas is coming up in a couple minutes. Let's finish off our handicap though, week eight in the NFL of P squared B squared Jake. Bring the music back up here. We'll get back to Niners and Bengals tomorrow. We'll give you more on that game. I'll give you my hashtag bet on that game tomorrow. Nothing for right now. Let's go to Sunday night football with the Chargers and the Bears in Los Angeles, where it feels like Hashtag bad brew for Brandon Staley and the Chargers right now. Things are not great for the two and four Bolts. They are eight and a half point favorites against Tyson's secret Bajan man and the Chicago Bears. The total is 46 and a half. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, man, but how is this not like Bears or nothing? I can't believe I'm saying that, but I mean it. How is this not Bears or nothing here against the Chargers at this number? It's, I would say. I would call it confusing more than anything. <laughs> and the reason for that is like, okay, like let's let's be scientific just for a second and uh, and let's like use the same form of analysis we just used for these other games. The Chargers just like completely like melted against the Chiefs basically in that game, especially in the first half. And, uh, and Herbert was unable to even like get in through the back door or teasers or anything, just like couldn't make the game competitive. And now all the quotes that you're saying like you could make an argument the Chargers are are being rated lower than they normally are. And then, all right, well, how do we feel about the other team? Well, we used to think they were absolutely miserable. And now they have this rookie quarterback that beat McDaniels and the Raiders. And now we're like, oh, maybe. So not knowing the market, I w- my first thought would be like, oh, I wonder if I can get a number to bet the Chargers in this game. Everybody likes Bajan. Chargers are mutinying. Like that's the perception in the market of both teams. Maybe I can get a number to bet it. But we don't have that. We have this weirdo more than a touchdown number, and I don't know what the hell to do with this game. <laughs> like, I, I, I think this is supposed to be the number. Um, is is seeing Bajent for one half against the Raiders, de- or one game against the Raiders defense enough to be like, yeah, on the road, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like big time? Maybe. I just don't, again, confusing. Uh, you know, it's almost like, like, what would I hope it, like, you know, not knowing the number, what would I have hoped it was? Like, Chargers 7, and then I'd bet them? 
or something like as like with how everyone feels about them but that's you're, you're not getting the difference between the other games and this one is you're not getting that reaction in the market like we're in that weirdo more than a touchdown range i don't think we're getting out of it so i don't know if any like a valuable bet's going to appear you're you're basically like do you want to make a leap of faith on bajan in a game like this based on what you've seen so far and that's going to be like a question i think individual to every person to answer would you ever tease the chargers down to two and a half Man, I couldn't imagine a team I'd want to tease less. Like, I just, like, what? I want to pay to make them win a game? I, they're paying a plenty of guys. They still can't win games. I'm going to pay to make them win a game? I just, it's, no. <laughs> God, I, no. I think they could, I think they, uh, they got, they have some hashtag extreme outcomes in this game. I think, like, it, like, in the, I know we're all like, oh, like, did you see the Bears and the Raiders and he had family there, whatever. Like the the Bears could get steamrolled here. They really, really could Definitely. because it's yeah. Bajant on the road. So like they really could still. Like I know the numbers funny and the Chargers like to play one possession games and whatever. Uh, still Bajant on the road. I just I don't know if I've seen. I have a strong enough opinion about what I think he's going to be, and he's obviously a really important part of this game to make a bet. I don't think uh, I think the price is okay. That's how I'll start for right now. All right, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. We'll get to Lochmas in a second. Had a bet Heisman Trophy right now, but let's wrap up our handicap. And look, uh, we'll, we'll do more on the Chargers and Bears throughout the week. No bet for me right now on the game either. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Lions, coming off one of the worst performances you could possibly imagine, will host the Raiders coming off, if you can believe it, an even worse performance than the Lions had. I actually think the Raiders was the worst loss of the week last week. Worse than Detroit. Detroit at least got blown out by like a really good team. The Raiders got blown out by secret Bajan man and, and Chicago. So I think that was the worst loss of the week. But Jimmy Garoppolo will be back this week for the Raiders uh, when they travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. And we have another like teasable favorite here if we want to, Ken, with the Lions as an eight-point home favorite on Monday night against the Raiders. The total here is 45. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. I think everyone's looking at this game and thinking the same thing, right? You get that idea? I think everyone's looking at this game and thinking Detroit bounce back. They're going to throttle this team. Like, I think that's how that's how everyone's interpreting this game. And I think it's getting bet in that way, right? Open seven and a half. All of the interest, even at a more than a touchdown number. And we talked a few weeks ago about like how rarely the Lions are blind like this. It was when they played Carolina, they were a big favorite. They did cover that game. That was also Carolina. They opened seven and a half and they just keep getting bet eight eight and a half there's a couple nines on the board one-way traffic in terms of the market right now and it's one-way traffic even though the raiders are bringing back their starting quarterback and i don't like jimmy g a lot but like man he's better than brian hoyer like can we at least like agree on that like brian uh, hoyer's no, terrible like a lot better a lot better well yeah than brian hoyer. but that's my implication yes <laughs> like, yes like better definitely better and to your point maybe a lot 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 better it's just funny to me where like you have both like both teams where you would think like they're they're trading at a low level because of the performance we just saw but the lions aren't it's like almost made people double down on like they're going to come back in and, and throttle again i just i'm not sure that's going to happen i don't if garoppolo plays and i like i say that like knowing he's gonna but i just mean like it's not hoyer and it's not aoc the raiders have never been lined like this in a game with him starting this year or even close like it just hasn't like it that's not what it's been like they what was the uh the chargers spread with o'connell was what seven and a half seven 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 i don't think it got with o'connell yeah like like we're are we kind of in crazy town with this number and i think the raiders suck too i don't think they're a good what's team your, what's is your the, number my my number seven so i'm gonna bet the raiders six sure. and a half 
Yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. definitely with, better with than the Raiders at a number of like healthy Garoppolo. Correct. Six yeah. Correct. Right. With Garoppolo. Yes. Not I, with Hoyer. I mean, Hoyer, or, or Hoyer O'Connell. Seventeen. I don't know. Yeah, like, you can just like green, you the green new deal market. your way up to a twenty-one right. point spread if it's AOC. Right. That then it's kind of the Panthers market, right? If it's the backup quarterbacks, then that's kind of what you're talking about. And yeah, like so I there so it's like all right, well then you then you love the Raiders. It's like okay, so I'm gonna. I'm going to bet them against, uh, I'm going to bet McDaniels against the best ATS coach of all time. Am I really doing that? So I've just kind of been happy to wait. Markets are moving against the team that I like. Uh, injury report, maybe can I get 10? Just like, I, I don't know. It just, I'm, I can never bet the Lions at these kind of prices. I just, and I feel like everyone's playing the bounce back for one team and ignoring that like the same thing is possible for the other team getting their quarterback back too like it's like we forgot that like they also got smoked and they should be in a buy low situation and it's like we're only playing the, like the lions are the only ones that matter that get to do that the raiders don't get to do that like i, I don't know both teams actually are in similar spots here and the raiders are the, are the lions are the only ones getting bet raiders are nothing and if you're going to bet on a team at a big number like the Raiders are, like you almost like want your coach to be like Josh McDaniels. You want him to settle for the field goals. So you want to get as yeah. many points as you can, and that's what he's going to do. Some by threes, the way, man. Like, like, like right. Dan Campbell might do that in this game also with the team like needing a win at home. They just got to win. He doesn't need style points here. I think you might get conservative game plans from both of these coaches here. Lions probably going to win the game, and I don't think they're going to win in blowout fashion. I'm with you 100%. Anything above seven, and I'm going to bet the Raiders. I'm not going to feel great about it, but I'll bet the Raiders coming up on Monday night. And that concludes our initial handicap of Week 8 in the National Football League. If you want to know the games that we've already bet, we will give it to you in the final hour. But for now, day two of Lockmas, let's dispense with the full open, bring the music up here. And Santa, tell us how we should be betting Heisman Trophy right now, where J.J. McCarthy is the new favorite atop the betting market at BetMGM plus 240, followed by Penix, Jaden Daniels, Jordan Travis, Dylan Gabriel, and more. My, so if you hear anything in the background, my kids are simultaneously having temper tantrums as loud as possible. So I do apologize for that. But uh, with the Heisman market, McCarthy is the favorite. And I, I kind of agree with that. Like Mich Michigan might be having a historic season. We talked about this yesterday and he's their quarterback and his touchdown numbers may not be as good as some of the other contenders, but also like his completion percentage is outrageous. It's like 85% passer or something this year. And if you like, he has the potential to have two Heisman moment games, right? They, they still have to play Penn State. And they still have to play Ohio State. And like those are the potential for him to have those games. So I, I know a lot of people are like, how, how do you make him the favorite? Like the numbers aren't as good. Like all his work is ahead of him to get to the Heisman. And he's got those games left. And a lot of those, all of these other players don't have those games left. Like Dylan Gabriel doesn't have any games left like that to really do something like this. So it's, I, I like him for that reason. But I will say there was a really interesting poll that came out today. So the Athletic does their Heisman poll. It doesn't have to be predictive. Like the Heisman poll doesn't have to be okay, like that's what it is and the market has to reflect that. But it's just kind of worth noting that like the favorite in the market is McCarthy and he was like fourth in the athletic Heisman poll. Man, my son is killing it right now with his lungs. This is like unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, just the athletic Heisman poll is like, all right, it's actually so much more unclear among those like voters, not necessarily Heisman voters, but those voters about even like who's ahead or who's gonna be ahead. It feels like there's a lot of confusion right now. So I, I think McCarthy is a, is a guy who can win and I don't mind him being the favorite. I would also not bet him right now. And the player who emerged the most in that poll, which I was surprised about, Marvin Harrison Jr. was second in that poll and picked up a ton of steam because of the Penn State game. Remember, they also have the Michigan game obviously still to play. I was talking to Kanish about this earlier. We were comparing a lot of notes. Like we could be headed to a situation where if Ohio State and Michigan win their games, 
and they meet and they're undefeated, that that game is for the Heisman Trophy between McCarthy and Marvin Harrison. I think that's like a reasonable, if Penix loses and he's got a really tough month coming up, then that game might end up being for the Heisman. So wouldn't bet McCarthy, agree that he's the favorite. Harrison's interesting. I don't want Jaden Daniels. That might be kind of it. It kind of depends on what Penix does record was. And that is day two of Lockmas. Day three of Lockmas coming up tomorrow. Hour three of You Better You Bet coming up on the other side. We will talk NBA opening night with former NBA general manager, our friend, Ryan McDonough. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.